Cyril Connolly once said, whom the gods wish to destroy, they first call promising. On today's episode of Night Night Spectre, we take a look at Conchu, Mark's savior, guiding light, and source of pain and turmoil as we attempt to shed some light on their complex relationship and Conchu's view of the world. Welcome to Night Night Spectre, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and splintered mind of Moon Knight. I'm your host, Elizabeth. And I'm Lawrence. Welcome to the show. Second episode, super exciting. As the MCU portrayal of Moon Knight comes closer to release, I think that it would be a perfect time for us to talk about Khonshu, the god of the moon and the role that he plays in Mark's universe. But first, let's do a little housekeeping. We always love to hear from our fans, so make sure that you email us at nightnightspecter at gmail.com. That's N-I-G-H-T-K-N-I-G-H-T-S-P-E-C-T-O-R at gmail, because I know that's confusing. <laughs> Two nights, different spelling. Sorry. <laughs> but let us know your thoughts, questions, or you know comments, and you may see them on a future episode of the show. Also, we are definitely becoming more active in the Moon Knight uh, subreddit, so you may see us in there too. So feel free to spam either Elizabeth or I with questions that you have. And of course, you know, we're everywhere. The network is everywhere. So make sure that you give us a follow on our Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch pages at lore underscore party. We're always streaming, tweeting, or other things. Yeah. So why do we want to talk about this today? So other than Mark Spector and his alters, Kanchu is... Probably, you know, arguably one of the most important characters in the Moon Knight comics. Basically, without Kanchu, there would be no Moon Knight. And technically speaking, and this may, can be debated a little bit, Mark would have died in Egypt without Kanchu. Yeah. Or at least being put in front of Kanchu's spirit and then, you know, going ham on Bushman afterwards. I mean, we already went over the fact that no one got a paramedic while they were in. <laughs> that tomb so you know mark if you looked at it checked out our last episode basically mark got his ass kicked trying to be a good guy even though he was working with this guy that was evil um he got laid in front of a tomb the tomb of kanchu or the altar of kanchu and then he became the fist of kanchu aka moon knight so like i mean and that honestly that's where the moon and moon knight comes from but uh it is important to note though that we're talking about kanchu in respects to the lore provided in the comics not the actual Egyptian mythology. So if you are well-versed in Egyptian mythology, we're going to say things that would probably normally piss off a scholar. Yeah, there, there's definitely some overlapping, but there are <laughs> very many liberties that are, that are taken over the course of Moon Knight's creation and inception from day one till mm -hmm. now. So If you've ever seen Disney's Hercules, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. But like moving along, we'll hop into, you know, the main discussions of our episode. Yeah, so let's get into it. So Kanchu, from a basic character, he is one of the gods of the of celestial heli 
Heliopolis. Celestial Heliopolis. That sounds like a uh, a rich neighborhood. I mean, technically <laughs> it was. <laughs> but he is the Egyptian moon, the Egyptian god of the moon. Um, he's also sometimes referred to as the god of vengeance. He is also the son of the sun god Ra. My man. Normally in the comics, he is depicted, he's pictured as having a human body from the neck down, normally in a white suit, wearing white gloves, while his head is this gigantic bird skull. Yes, and that is actually the same thing that you see in his good old MCU portrayal. Yes, which we're super excited about. It's also, uh, his suit is a little similar to that of Mr. Knight's, so... He's got a white suit and white yep. gloves like he's a hitman. <laughs> yes. The god of vengeance has to have drip lords. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured that's what the citizens of Celestial Heliopolis would wear. Absolutely. But, you know, as we mentioned, Kanchu did save Mark, but it's always, it's a, a good, Im- that's an important point to begin on when it comes to Moon Knight because it's like, it really makes Kanchu seem a little bit more valiant than he actually is because yes. he really saved Mark's life in exchange for Mark becoming his avatar. So it was an opportunity for Kanchu to basically, you know, have this like herald of himself be present on the earth. Yeah, and we we said in our last episode that, that, you know, the quote, like, we, the may or may not very much applies to all things Moon Knight, and Kanju is no different. Um, He's probably, like, the main source of us saying that because he is so much in a gray area with what he's normally. And depending on how you read the comics, it may question if he's even real. True. There's, (laughs) exactly, there's, there's a lot of, like, is he a protagonist? Is he an antagonist? Is he a main character? Is he not a main character? There are some runs where he obviously, like, he is who Mark is going up against, but there are some runs and issues that Kanju doesn't even show up in. So it's very, like, his... He he lacks consistency, I guess, is really the biggest thing. Which is why there's theories that he could just be the fever dream of a man that is already has, like, some like a mental disability so yeah it's but hey you know we're that's not for us to decide here (laughs) it's not that's not what we're talking about today (laughs) so so moving along um so one of the things um we want to talk about is just like the some of the distinctive personalities features of Kanchu that are kind of like key to his character and key to some of the mystery that we were or some of the like yeah, I guess mystery of Kanchu that we were talking about, like, you know, not knowing if he's an antagonist, protagonist, real, all that that fun, fun stuff. Really, there's a lot of, like, mystery surrounding Kanchu. He is pretty cryptic. Like, he very much speaks to, the, which is, which is, like, he very much speaks to Mark in a way that's, like, it's, I mean, it's either very cryptic or it's, like, exactly what Mark needs to hear or just about what Mark needs to hear in the moment. Um, like he'll talk appear to Mark if like there were run there were runs where Mark was doubting um if he was sane 
based off of things that were going on. And Kanchu was just like, I'm here with you. Do you think you're sane or do you need to be sane? Like you are, you are insane, but you can use that to your advantage. There's not like a, who cares if that's real to you or not, you know? Yeah. And it's like, so he's never very, very clear about much. And that's one of the fun things about Kanji, or as like they would say on uh, In- Invincible, that's the neat part. You don't. Right? <laughs> you don't know what he's talking to you about most Insert of the time. Insert meme here. Right. Um, and then he's also manipulative, like, um, which is funny for for a god that we would say would bring somebody back for life, you know, back to life to be manipulative. And right. actually, it actually isn't funny at all because, yes, he brought Mark back to life to manipulate him into to being his herald and then Mark just dons this identity of Moon Knight. But like we also see in different runs that that like Kanchu is manipulative in other ways. So like one of the more previous runs that was the retelling of of Mark and uh Kanchu's origin story together, uh the Lemire runs, we see that Kanchu really tricks Mark into thinking that Seth, the god of, uh, what is Seth the god of? Seth, the god of Rogan. No. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, my god, Seth Rogan. Uh, (laughs) He tricks Mark into thinking that the god Seth is trying to take over the world when really it's Kanchu, and Kanchu is doing this entire thing because he wants Mark to give him his body. Right. Which is, you know. Weird. Casual. Like, yeah. He really wants Mark to give him his body and he puts him through one hell of like a trippy situation with complete with everything and a lot of death yeah. and, and sand and being beat up by or- orderlies in an insane asylum. But like all of this is just like it just shows the length that Kanchu will go through to like make his like what was it means it's his means to an end i guess he'll like do whatever it takes to get what he needs or what he wants exactly he, there's like the man has no shame you know the god has no shame <laughs> he's gonna do whatever he wants regardless of whether it, he probably you know shouldn't put mark through that he's already pretty uh not stable <laughs> you know he's working through things i don't think it's helping very much that he that conchi would be manipulative of him in the way that he is and so you know we see that manipulative nature of conchu uh, it pops up from time to time like conchu is a good ally but conchu is also at the end of the day in it for mostly himself or at least for his version of whatever the greater good is. Kanchu has his own agenda, and he follows it quite closely. Yeah. And it's very apparent when we take a look at some of like the key relationships uh, that Kanchu has. We'll, we'll see this. Yeah, and obviously, Kanchu's biggest key relationship is going to be with Mark, Moon Knight. Because he's like his Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> He made him into a, a real vigilante. Um, <laughs> but Mark, uh, the relationship that, that Mark has with Kanchu is definitely uh, can't live with him, can't live without him kind of situation. I mean, obviously in part because Mark was raised by the dead fr- by Kanchu. So clearly he would not be living at all. Yeah. Um, 
if if Conchu didn't step in. But it's also the the amount of stress that Conchu puts on him in general most of the time, some of the time, you know, depending on on what run we're specifically talking about. Um, but like we said before, he he also can be like an actual help to Mark and a motivator um, and help him get through some difficult situations. Yeah. And also, um, you know, speaking of his relationship to Mark, it was also revealed in the Lemire run that Conchu may or may not have actually first appeared to Mark as a child or was like not it was after the Lemire run, but it was still like, yeah, Conchu may or may not have appeared to Mark as a child. I feel like, you know, we're only in episode two, but I feel like may or may not is just going to be like the slogan of this podcast slash, you know, Moon Knight in general. Like we're getting shirts. I don't. (laughs) Yes. No, that's that's totally true. Like and and he appeared to Mark like the manipulative part of of him appearing to Mark is he appeared to Mark because he was like Mark has a weak mind. Mark is struggling with dissociative identity disorder. Yeah, and that's also why in the Lemire run, why, why part of what his um, kind of spiel to be like, hey, Mark, like your mind is already, like it's broken. Like you have a weak mind. Uh, you could just stop existing. Let me take your body and everything will be better for you. Wait until rich people start doing this. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Who says they haven't? So Conchu Bezos out here still in bodies. You're right. But like, yeah, you see, like he potentially like kind of targeted Mark because it was like got a strong body and a mind that's not as strong as that body. So like there's an easy human I could like swap places with and exist on, you know, on this plane. Yeah. So like positive results of entering Mark's life, but also ultimately overly mostly gray or negative. Yeah. And I think it's important to note, too, that there are some moments where Kanchu, obviously, we talked about he appears to Mark, like, you know, quote unquote, in person, like in front of him and sitting in his valiant chair, just like standing in front of him. Uh, But he also can exist within Mark's mind and interacts with um, Mark's alters, Stephen and Jake. Yeah, the cool altars, not the the rando altars. <laughs> hey man. And like like specifically when it comes to when it comes to Jake cuz Steven and Kanchu basically they're fine. Yeah. It's whatever. Steven is really no threat to anyone most of the time. Yeah. Steven's a sweetheart. <laughs> he's the money man. That's why he's been the only person that they show in the trailers. <laughs> <laughs> And he's he's just like he's just the kind guy, but Jake, on the other hand, is a uh, violent, sadistic, crazy man, and um, because of that, Kanchu is like not really a fan of him. Kanchu is actually considers Jake to be more barbaric and crazy, and is off put by some of his methods. Yeah, but he also you know understands that he's someone that is needs to be there he's gonna have to deal with you know he's a part of mark for a reason i mean he did you know he bought the used car off of the scam can't get mad when it's got a few ticks (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean if you want any any sort of person to be your cab driver in the sketchy parts of 
the city, I'm going to pick Jake. I yeah. feel like he's going to, def- like, he's my cab driver, but he's probably not going to let me get, you know, hurt while he's driving me around, so. And at the same time, there's, imagine there's probably some sort of loathing respect because, like, Jake will ultimately do what Mark won't do. And even though Mark will do some things, Jake will do whatever. And ultimately, that keeps Mark safe and that keeps him as, you know, Conchu's herald in this world. Yeah, Absolutely. And so he does have some other um, just like possibly notable relationships with other gods. Um, we have, as we mentioned, his brother, Seth Rogen, <laughs> as we mentioned, the god Seth, who is Kanchu's brother and Kanchu's uh, father that he doesn't have daddy issues with. Rob. No, not at all. No daddy issues. Yeah, some daddy issues that may or may not appear on the show. Hopefully. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> But yeah, you know who doesn't have daddy issues? Who? Our sponsors. We'll be right back. <laughs> yes. So now that we're back from our our, <laughs> our daddy issue free sponsors, <laughs> we want to take a look at our, what are some of Kanchu's motives. Um, as we mentioned before, Kanchu is the god of vengeance. Vengeance, just like Batman, is a motivator. Batman. <laughs> for... <laughs> also, another motive for Kanchu is saving the world at times but with the good old fun caveat of saving the world for his own benefit yeah there are some runs like the age of Kanchu where he is trying to save the world for the world's sake not necessarily for his own he just it's either him being selfish or it's him not necessarily being selfish, but just going about it in an incorrect way. So he feels like the villain in all of the cases. And we have to remember also is like, we, I mean, Kanchu is a god. Yeah. And Kanchu feels like his motives are will always be for the greater good. Oh, like, absolutely. Like taking Mark's body isn't something that he does for fun. Taking Mark's body is for benefit. Yeah. And He's like, this is something that I need. Like, I have to have uh, an avatar on Earth. And so the when you have the debate about like Kanchu being a antagonist or protagonist by fans, I always feel like a lot of it is perception. Yeah. Because like Moon Knight is supposed to be a superhero, but here you have this person that's driving, you know, that's like the driving force behind the superhero who's just doing his own thing. It's very much like Kanchu is looking at this from the perspective of God, you know, of a God and... um you know, Mark and readers are looking at it from the perspective of people like, hey, man, that's kind of fucked up to do. But Kanchu is like, it'll probably save like billions of people. Right. But we would say one of I would say one of his biggest one of Kanchu's biggest motivators um, or motives of all is power. And that'll actually like is a good transition into our next section. Yeah. Key conflicts that that Kanchu has um, over the course of of the comic book runs and everything, and I'm, I'm sure we'll see in the new Disney Plus show, the power struggle that Kanchu goes through. And it's power over Mark, power over the world. It doesn't really matter. Like, at the core of all the conflicts that Kanchu has is really maintain, ha- gaining power, maintaining power, making sure that he can do the things that he wants to do and in order to do those things he's like he needs to have power over those that are around him and with mark like we talked about him wanting the power over mark's body 
and by doing that, he needed to have power over Mark's mind, manipulating him so that they, he could get what he wanted to. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> yes, he needs, yeah, like, you know, I mean, when I guess when you would decide to attach yourself to, like, a fleshy man puppet, you got to make sure that they go in the direction that you want them to go in. Yeah, you want you want those strings on your puppet to be, you know, strong and everything like that. Um, unfortunately for Conchu, his puppet is sentient and doesn't have strings and uh <laughs> also has a very strong moral compass yes questionable at sometimes but still yeah. has a moral compass and i mean he also sees the world from the perspective of a human so but that that in and of itself um you know creates a pretty good dynamic because we do see like as we mentioned like Kanchu wanted mark's body mm -hmm. mark was like no and then, in subsequent runs, Kachu is just chilling back in the mine, offering advice. Yeah. Like, there's not, there. I guess, like, even though there is this, normally the struggle with power with Kachu, what we do see is that he has, uh, um, he has limits to as far as he will go. Kachu will not stop at anything to, to get things done. He'll just try a lot which I think is the thing that keeps him from really getting into like, like people being able to define him as like a definite like villain. Yeah, because I think he may go farther than you might want him to go, but he does like, obviously he won't. I feel like it's more so like maybe he gets tired of the power <laughs> struggle. So he just gives up for a while, rest, recuperates and you know, Chilling with the altars. In his white suit, probably drinking scotch. As one does. What Although, else do you do in a white suit other than fight crime? Moon Knight. <laughs> Mr. Knight, rather. And drink good old whiskey. And so with that, we'll try... <laughs> We're going to use that as a hard pivot into the next section. Hard pivot. We're going to something that, you know... Based off of everything else that we've talked about, I don't know that it would be uh, obvious that we would would mention, but with every character that there there is written, you know, there is normally some sense of a moral message or like what what we need to take away from this character. Yeah, and there is de there are definitely good things that we can take away from Kanchu. Oh, one hundred percent. One of the biggest messages I think, which should this one should really not be shocking to anybody um is that no one is completely good or evil like some people you can't really pin down as either one um they like they just kind of in void uh, they just kind of exist in this void of like anarchy and where they're just doing whatever they want and i really especially because kanju is a god he you know he really is doing whatever he wants oh so you're gonna tell say that Everybody should agree with that, man. Wait till Reddit hears about that. Oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah, people are like, Kanchu is evil or Kanchu is good. Kanchu is not blah, blah, Don't blah, put Kanchu in a box, okay? <laughs> if you're on if you're on Reddit or, uh, I don't know, debate us in email or on Reddit or on Twitter. Debate us anywhere. If you, uh, if you have a strong, strong feeling about this uh, God's moral compass, Kanchu will be on the episode next week. <laughs> I mean, if I'm being if I'm being honest, I don't know that it's fair for you as a human to judge the moral compass of some, uh, like a deity that has zero 
in an in a completely white suit. In a completely white suit, <laughs> zero con- like knowledge of the concept of just like being human in human form and being like, you know, not immortal, not a god. Yeah. Just you know this meat meat bag. Which is a I mean, which is a good point because it's like, you know, like we've we've mentioned several times, it's that. Kanchu is, yes, Kanchu is a god. He is going to move, you know, go off of his own, like, he's going to do what he feels is right, but he still manages to kind of work within the bounds of human morality mm-hmm. to, to to the to most extent. Like, he, to you know, to, to a certain extent. Like, obviously, if Kanchu wants to do something, he will manipulate, lie, and mess with the mind of Mark Spector, but or whoever he needs to. Yeah, or any, yeah, anybody, anybody who's unfortunate enough to be in the path. But you know, when he's not, you know, wheeling and dealing and and scamming, it's doing what's right <laughs> during his vacation moments. Um, another thing that we learned from Kanchu being in Mark's life is that even if there's a clear power dynamic difference between like you and an enemy in whatever capacity it might be, you're in charge of your own mind. Very much we see that in the Lemire run, yeah. like the Lemire run that basically goes over Mark's origin is all about Mark taking control of his mind. Mark coming to uh, grips with the fact that he has dissociative identity disorder Um but also not letting that be something that stops him from maintaining control and not giving up his body to Kanchu. In a way, it becomes a strength, and that's like Kanchu's serves for us as a way of being like, even if you think that you're in a losing position, you can still, you know, like we said, be in control of your own mind and not have to give in and give up to other people, even if they're, they think that you are, you know, weak of mind. Yeah. Take that Colonel Sanders God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so he you, does have a bird head. So I guess. And a white be, suit. And a white suit, man. Yeah. So like, even if, yeah, even if Colonel <laughs> Sanders. sponsor our podcast. <laughs> Even if even if Colonel Sanders wants your body and, or wants your well, wants your body and your mind, you don't have to give it to him. No, don't give him. And anyway, we haven't touched on the Age of Conchu run too much, but what a thing that we can learn from Conchu there, which I guess we wouldn't really expect from Conchu generally, especially based off of everything that we've talked about thus far, is that gods can be afraid and that the decisions that people make out of fear are not always what's best for those that are around them. Yeah. And, you know, I think even if, um, you know, even if you're new to Moon Knight overall and you haven't read the Kanchu, like the Age of Kanchu, or you're just like a fair, you know, you're just dipping your toes into Moon Knight and you've checked out like the Lemire run and like the all new, all different Moon Knight, um, like comics, I would say like that point is very much clear for Kanchu. Like in the Lemire run, when Mark refuses to give up his body, um, I think that is is such a telling thing of, of like it shows that like 
Conchu was doing this out of desperation. He had to pull up this like big ruse to trick Mark, and then he didn't expect Mark to be strong enough to overcome it. And when he did, um, you know, he kind of gave up. He didn't make another attempt to take his body. He just backed off. I mean, they crushed. He crushed. Mark crushed his head. And <laughs> <in> whatever. Spoilers. <laughs> In whatever fantasy world that was in. Right. But, um, like, <laughs> he very much went back to being, like, um, Mark's, like, more, like, mentor or guiding light after that. So, like, I think there's something to really be said about, like, Conchu's time with someone like Mark and Mark's alters really kind of gives him this understanding of what it means to be a human. Like Mark is a perfectly flawed person who just tries his best, even though he fucks up. Just like all of us. <laughs> and you can't say that from reading Moon Knight that Kanchu doesn't, that doesn't rub off on him and that he doesn't learn from that. Yeah. So like even this like omnipotent being is like still vulnerable enough to um, be like swayed by regular human emotions. Yeah. Which is, is deep. <laughs> it's deep for a guy that wears a white Gucci suit most of the time. I'm never going to get off the suit. No, you shouldn't. But I mean, and that brings us to our final thoughts. And just like our Mark episode, you know, this was more of a 101 on Kanchu. It's a very deep character. There are other runs um, that we'll focus on. This is just kind of giving everybody that's new to the series a um, an overview of what to expect when you see Kanchu appear in the um, MCU portrayal. And for those of you who are just picking up the comic books, ultimately, like what I think that I like most about Kanchu and what I think that you can kind of like get from Kanchu as a reader is um Kanchu is a good like we mentioned before even an omnipotent being can get be swayed by like the emotions of others. Kanchu is very much like a representation. I feel like in the beginning, Kanchu tries is portrayed as like this representation is like of like the best of us. It's this person that is willing to to make the sacrifices uh, to ensure things that 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 you know the world is safe, people don't die, gods don't um, go crazy. But then at the same time, you the more you get to know about Kanchu, the more you learn like. Kanchu is also very manipulative and he's he's got his own agenda. Like the more I what I like about Kanchu is the more you learn about him, the more it seems like this like air of perfection that you would expect from a god gets broken more and more and more and more to the point where you just see some like vulnerable being who's willing to do whatever even if it's a big ass mistake. Yeah. Absolutely. I think for me, ultimately, Conchu is is the key to Moon Knight, um, and is the the key to Mark's ability to really, I mean, still be in the world of the living at this point, but also 
can can serve as his when you know when he's doing his chill i have a scotch chilling in my white suit days he can be his you know his conscious his like guide through difficult situations when he's not trying to actually use him and manipulate him um and i'm really excited to see if the the conchu that they bring out in this this show is going to be the version that we see in the the latest runs or if it's going to be a whole completely new kind of version of conchu yeah and i because like one thing that we you know one thing that we sort of touched on but i think one good thing one good thing to remember about conchu and mark's relationship is like Kanchu needs Mark just as much as Mark needs Kanchu, which is why their struggle works. Like Kanchu, Mark needs Kanchu as like a source of wisdom and guidance, especially when he starts to like very much like trail off. Mm -hmm. And Kanchu like needs Mark as his herald in the world. Like it's a very strange relationship, but it works. Yeah, I mean, Conchu does say my son to Mark a lot, and that would be a really good dynamic. Like, they do have this weird father-son. We talk, want to talk about daddy issues. That is kind of what, they, what their dynamic can be reduced to sometimes is just, like, this weird father-son dynamic trying to connect with each other. Dad needs to give guidance sometimes, but sometimes he is the the reason why, you know, his son has a little bit of trauma. You know, like... <laughs> Dad, boomer, God. <laughs> Absolutely. And with that, this is the truth learned. That being Moon Knight is not a curse, nor a state of penance. It is simply who and what he was always meant to be. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you under the blue moon.